Regional rankings. They weren't exactly rankings, but we get some ideas from what we got to see, and we're going to go over that in all 27 playoff races, inverting our order a little bit here. Uh, crunch time coming up later tonight, uh, but we wanted to talk to you about playoffs. Yes, playoffs here on In the Huddle. still about belong to that don't you after all these uh weeks <laughs> yeah it's catchy it's a catchy little tune man <laughs> a little uh dubstep of our uh original one from a few years ago anyway uh we've uh, we're not here to talk about our musical choices here or our lead-in songs we are here to talk about playoffs uh again playoffs. how we got here yep how we got here is coming up on crunch time uh, a little bit later on tonight, we're going to let this one breathe for a little while before we do present that, and you'll have that to live by Thursday, Friday, uh, before our uh, preview show, and then we will be doing our D3 Blitzer show on Saturday, taking you around the important games that we kind of have an idea of from these playoff races and these regional rankings. You saw the alphabeticals uh, here. Uh, we'll call them alphabeticals instead of rankings, I guess. GB, uh, what struck you <laughs> It's here a list. At- Yes, it's a list. It, it's something. Yeah, but uh, what struck list. you here of uh, these 46 teams versus the 40 we used to get that are ranked? Well, um, the biggest thing I noticed was that Susquehanna wasn't on the list in Region 2. Um, that, to me, was kind of the biggest surprise. I, mean, I think the fact that Rose Holman and Greenville, who were um, respectively looking like they're the leaders, potential Pool A qualifiers for the Heartland and the UMAC, respectively. Them not being on there, maybe not so big a surprise. Um, but Susquehanna being left off, um, kind of interesting. But I don't know, maybe maybe it's just one of those deals where they just felt like they wanted to keep the conference representation sort of even. I, I, I don't know. Um you know, Region 1 with Del Val at the top, they would have been number one in Region 1, even if, you know, they, they didn't have the first thing that popped up in the alphabet. Um, and, you know, the rest of the teams on there, um, it's interesting to see, you know, no Western New England, even though they have a possibility of still getting in through the Pool A, although it's, you know, going to be a long shot with some of the, the tiebreaker situations. But um, a couple more MAC teams than I than I thought maybe. Um, but you know, Lycoming and, and Widener play this weekend, so that'll kind of take care of that in one, one one way or another. And well, then it's, it's, elsewhere, instead of just picking and choosing here, why don't we actually go through them uh, one by one, and that way folks will get yeah, to let's see. Do, yeah, we got graphics. We brought that. graphics with us here uh, this week, folks. You brought my graphics. All yes. right. What do you go. think took so long? Do you think I just uh, I'm late by nature with everything I do in life? No, we've got graphics, JB. And here they are. First off, the regional uh, region one regional rankings. A little tough to uh, see sometimes if you're on a smaller screen here, but uh, we'll work with you. We took these right from the NCAA website, so blame them. Uh, Delaware Valley, uh, Endicott, Framingham State. Uh, so let's look at it this way. Del- Delaware Valley, the leader of the MAC, 
uh, Endicott, uh, one of the leaders of the CCC, Framingham State, the leader of the MASCAC, Husson, one of the leaders of the CCC, Lycoming, the second, I guess de facto second place team with Widener in the, uh, in the yeah. MAC. And th this gives you an indication that the committee feels that the real strength lays in the MAC when it comes to Region 1. They're pushing, putting two lost teams uh, in there and a bulk of them from the same conference. Yeah. And that gives you an indication of how they view subjective schedule strength in this situation. Also, uh, Merchant Marine, the technical leader, one of the leaders uh, in the uh, new MAC, mm -hmm. you can't have put Springfield there because of the number of losses they have, which is three, and Catholic was beaten by Merchant Marine, so that's why that's happening. And Johns, Hop or, yeah, Johns Hopkins, I, I, see, I can't even read it, it's so small in some cases <laughs> here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Salve Regina, uh, one of the uh, leaders in the CCC is there. And as you pointed out, no Western yeah. New England, but we have three CCC teams there because there's just no way you could break that tie. And I think their hands were forced to place three out of the four teams there. Not sure why Western New England gets the uh, worst of the bullet on that one, but I'm sure they have their reasons. So, yeah, you know, Region 1, let's uh, take a, a gander here or a, a, a guess here as to what to expect if you were doing rankings numerically you said del val number one who do you think's number two in that uh list of uh region one folks yeah that's a that's a tough call because i think um you could make the case for a uh pool a type of team like a Framingham because of the fact that they're in a pretty good position. They, they win this weekend and they, they pretty much clinch, but you know, maybe Salve cause they have the eight and one record and they have the head to head over Endicott who has that extra loss to Catholics. So from a pure numbers standpoint, I would have to say Salve would be my um, number two. Um, the winner, I mean, Lyco is five and one in the Mac. They've lost to Del Val and they had a loss to Susquehanna in week one, um, I would probably you know, rank them uh, maybe third, maybe Framingham would be third in that case, or Merchant Marine. Um, but we know that Merchant Marine's kind of in a bit of a tenuous position right now um, that there's a chance that they may not uh, win the new Mac. And I don't know if they have a, a strong enough you know, resume otherwise that they would even get on the table for Pool C, but if they were eight, you know, maybe the fact they're on this list, and if they finish the year eight and one, they might. Maybe. Here's, here's, here's my answer. I think the Merchant Marine currently is the number two team based on the fact their schedule uh, strength is 512. Salve Regina okay. is well, woeful comparatively at, at 481 currently, which is 151st <sighs> in the division. So. Yeah, uh, Merchant Marine has a slightly better one, or not slightly, actually, or meaningfully better one above 500. So I think that does put them into that position. The problem for Merchant Marine is their remaining game is against Coast Guard. That will drop. Salve, on the other hand, if I uh, get over to their schedule remaining here. They play, they play, they play Huston on Saturday, and then they're done, and that's yep. it. So uh, they will get an improvement probably right around 500. So... It's possible Salves and Merchant Marines regional rankings will cross over by the time this is all said and done in week 11, but it's going to be a little tenuous right now for Salve to really have much say in being 
a highly ranked team until that schedule strength gets up there. But they have to beat Hassan. Yeah, that's and we sure. already we've already seen you know there's a precedent with a nine and one WPI team that didn't even get a look um, when they finished. Uh, in the new Mac and kind of lost out in that, and that tiebreaker a couple of years ago. So it's going to be a nine and one team, probably in new England, maybe more than one that, that doesn't make the field. Endicott would have rights to be uh, the number two with a very, very good schedule, uh, schedule strength here. Uh, yeah. I just saw it was in the forties uh, in terms of ranking. I've got to pop it back up on my screen, but it, it was very good. It's uh, uh, 41. Which is 553. That's extraordinary. Now, granted, they still have a couple games that will affect it. But because they lost head-to-head to Salve Regina, you can't really do much putting them there. So I, I think yeah. the order becomes Merchant Marine, Salve Regina. Actually, Endicott only has one game, Frank. Endicott has a bye this week, and then they, they, they wrap up the regular point. season. So Interesting. That's uh, it. A lot of their conferences are having this uh, situation because Salve and Endicott are both at nine games right now. So they're going to take their bye yeah. in week 11, basically. Uh, Bring back the conference championship game like the old NEFC. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> good point. Uh, but that's uh, Region 1. Uh, we'll talk about the grand scheme of things, uh, what it all means, in, in, in a little bit. But let's go over to Region 2. And uh, Region 2 looks like this. Uh, we have Ithaca, Johns Hopkins, Muhlenberg, so Ithaca, uh, a leader with the Union in here in the Liberty League. Johns mm-hmm. Hopkins and Muhlenberg in the Centennial Conference. As you pointed out, Susquehanna is missing here. Uh, Rensselaer, or RPI as we uh, love to call them, uh, also with Ithaca and Union yep. here, I should point out. Salisbury, all alone from the NJAC. And Washington and Jefferson, all alone from the PAC. Um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit interested into your thought as to why... Westminster would be missing here when their only loss aside from Carnegie Mellon is to Mount Union, but then where's Carnegie Mellon at the same time? It seems like Region 2 is not putting much faith or backing behind the pack right now. They're not putting the backing behind anybody who has more than one loss. Um, you know, there's no Hobart on there. There's, you know, there's no Carnegie Mellon. Um, you know, basically it looks like in region two, unless you have a, a goose egg or, or one after your record, you're not going to make this super hyper competitive board. Now the irony is, is that um, W and J could finish nine and one and still lose out on the pool a if if westminster can win win the rest of their games and so they would effectively end up getting in a pool a as like an eight and two overall record and the nine and one runner up or tiebreaker you know loss out team um would be at the mercy of the committee now i'm of the opinion that w and j is probably the only one there's two situations i see in region two of of an at, of an at-large pick coming in Washington and Jay, if they can win out, uh, so beat Carnegie Mellon this weekend, and I think their last game is against Waynesburg or somebody um, that they, they should be able to handle. They need John Carroll to beat Baldwin Wallace to effectively improve John Carroll's bump up, you know, record overall, which will bump up um, W and J and effectively end we'll see bid. Exactly. So it's a one, it's a one, two thing. So, so if you're a president's fan, you need to win this weekend, and you need John Carroll to beat Baldwin Wallace in Week Eleven also, to make though, the field. 
also you need to root for Union over Ithaca because there is a scenario whereby Ithaca is a Pool C That's contender. True. If Union beats Ithaca and RPI beats Union, or if, if Ithaca beats Union, sorry, and RPI beats Union the next week, RPI is the Pool A champ in the Liberty League. In Ithaca, if they mm-hmm. uh, beat Cortland, would finish nine and one outside. And so they are probably the best resume out there. Again, if we look at strength of schedule, uh, Ithaca has the 18th strength of schedule in uh, the entire division at 575. That's compared to Union's. uh, Well, of course, Union doesn't uh, pop up right because it goes to Mount Union first. So give me a moment here, and I'll tell you that Union's is number 132 (laughs) with a 489, but that is destined to rise with its last two games. Uh, And RPI's is 123 at a 494 so uh not mm. not great either but uh also still with some room to grow because of what they've got left so long story short as you said wnj needs to root for union this weekend to get rid of ithaca from the pool c race and needs to root for john carroll over baldwin wallace those are two things that would help it also and, root for westminster to trip up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, root somehow for uh, the idea of an out Carnegie Mellon, but Westminster to lose uh, a game here uh, between now and the end of the season. Because if I remember correctly, are we at Probably a three-way not. tie they right now? A, and- they have a, yeah, it is a three-way tie. And fortunately for the Titans, they have the easiest schedule out of the three for the remainder of the of the go. I mean, you know, all due respect, I believe that they, um, they're they taking on uh, St. Vincent and then, I guess, um, Geneva maybe, which actually is not necessarily a pushover. Yeah, really. Um, but they're not playing. They're not playing the you know the, the top of the of the conference from from what I can recall. So let's see here. We got what we got going on in the in the in the pack here. So well, we'll get to we'll get to their playoff um, race in a little bit, and uh, we'll look at that more in depth there. So we'll we'll yeah, look at the Saint pack Vincent, and then they wrap up with uh, they wrap up with you know, Geneva at home. So. Both winnable games for the Titans, in my opinion. Region 3, uh, we'll take a look. Only seven teams ranked here. Uh, Birmingham Southern and Trinity, both at uh, 7-0 in division. Uh, then, And those are SAA teams. But Center also ranked uh, at 6-2. and two. Uh, I don't think this is a sign of this idea that the SAA is the end-all, be-all. But because there are just so few teams no. and conferences in Region 3, I, I think that's what's going on. I think that's too. When I when you look a little closer at center, Frank, they have a win over Trine, which is uh, we'll see on the next slide, and they also beat uh, Hanover, who is still technically in contention in the Heartland. So um, their out of conference wins were were actually pretty strong ones. Um, so that that might be uh, bolstering them, and they only lost to I think Trinity and uh, by by a couple of touchdowns. So it's not like they were completely blown out in that, so it makes sense, you know, based on that resume that they could squeak in here. Hard Simmons and Mary Hard Baylor only teams from the ASC in here. And then Randolph Macon and Washington yeah. Lee uh, are the teams from the ODAC. Now remember Washington Lee has beaten both Randolph Macon and Hampton Sydney. So if you're looking at this list, <laughs> you've know got to assume that Mary Hard Baylor is number one here. And number two yeah. I think is going to be the winner of Birmingham Southern Trinity essentially. So right now they're kind of two and two, uh, two A and two B, if you had to think of it that way. And I would. You know what's actually interesting to me, Frank? What's that? Huntington's not on this list. 
And they're they're in Good line point. to potentially win the USA South. I mean, they have the same overall record as center, and they're gonna make the playoffs. And they, you know, they gave um, Oshkosh a good run for their money. I know they lost pretty lopsided fashion to Birmingham Southern, but I, I just kind of realized, like, huh, you know, and their strength of schedule is five fifteen, which is ninety second. It's not like it's horrible. Let me check centers yeah. real quick as you say that. Centers maybe, is number thirty six. That's why number okay, thirty six well, five fifty five. Okay. So that's why they're valuing it so much more with center huh. there and the other things you pointed out. So. Uh, I, I got to think Harden Simmons is uh, kind of the team after the SAA leader, uh, and then from there it's a crapshoot who's who and what's what underneath Harden Simmons in Region Three. My point here is going to be that aside from the loser of uh, Trinity and uh, Birmingham Southern and Harden Simmons, if they win out, that's the Pool C discussion. The, there is no further Pool C discussion to be had in Region Three that we can find right now. Yeah. So, Region 4, uh, Mount Union holding on the other day uh, saved a lot of problems for Region mm-hmm. 4, which is already problem-ridden in terms of uh, undefeated teams. Uh, as we've pointed out, DePaul is considered an in-division uh, undefeated team, and so you'll see them yep. here, but uh, we'll go through it here. Albion in the MIAA, uh, and uh, that is it from the MIAA right now, even though there is a Hope. multi-layer t- uh, tie that could be possible there. Uh, Hope, is just, Hope is there, too. Hope. I'm sorry, you're right. Missed it uh, underneath yeah. Heidelberg. So Albion and Hope, but no Trine showing up there, uh, interestingly, uh, after Albion yeah. beat Trine. Uh, Baldwin, Wallace, John Carroll, and Mount Union. So you're seeing where they're placing, and Heidelberg, they're placing the class of the entire conference in the OAC. They have placed four teams out of seven from the same conference. That is the most representation for any conference in any set of regional rankings. There's only seven teams in this one. And DePaul from the NCAC in there as well. Uh, That might give you some indication of how they view a team like Baldwin-Wallace here. So you've got to think that the ordering is Mount Union, Baldwin-Wallace, DePaul, and go from there, basically, yep. with uh, probably John well, Carroll we'll, and Heidelberg. We'll find out, yeah, well, we'll find out this weekend when Carroll, uh, John Carroll plays Heidelberg. One of those teams won't be on this list next week. Good point. So we'll see uh, where they go with it. But it, it is a weird anomaly to see four teams from the same uh, conference in a regional ranking set. That never used to happen. We used to have the more master sets, and uh, now I guess because we're more concentrated, it's possible. Let's go to Region 5. In the uh, NAC, it's Aurora and Lakeland both showing up here. In uh, Hmm. the uh, ARC, it's Central and Co. both showing up here, interestingly enough. Uh, In the NWC, it's both Lake Forest and Chicago showing up in this list. And in the mm-hmm. CCIW, it's both North Central and Wheaton in this list. Um, I guess I'm not surprised, per se, that they're uh, handling it in this way. You know, two per conference that's represented in Region 5. Yeah. But Pretty much, I'll tell yeah. you, to see Co there at 6-2, and two, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, you know, I, I guess looking at their uh, strength of schedule... Uh, there's a, only a 111 uh, ranking, uh, 505 in the actual strength number. That's not great. Not, not fascinating. So I guess there's just a lack of teams to put in here 
and Aurora is there because they're yeah. leading the NAC uh, ultimately and have a good strength of schedule, a subjective uh, one. At I least. see. Um, well, one of the things that's boosting Co. Frank is that they actually have a win over a regionally ranked opponent, and they beat Hope twenty-eight to twenty-one back in week two. Um, so maybe that's the boost that's keeping them in there. I mean, they 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 lost to Wartburg and to Central, and Central beat them pretty soundly. But they must have decided to, you know, kind of as you said, to balance things out. And and that win over Hope is a solid win because um, Hope is a, a probably a, a, a strong Pool A candidate, and that will certainly help them. Yeah. So uh, looking at Region Five, though, also remember that Lake Forest still takes on Chicago. Uh, North Central and Wheaton yep. have, have already played each other. Aurora and Lakeland will play each other this week. Uh, and mm-hmm. as you said, Central and Co. have played each other. So only a couple teams will uh, be forced out of this context, possibly, yeah. depending on how they're ranked, because we don't know the numerical rankings. So loss doesn't guarantee you're out of these, but we can guess yeah. a couple of these I would the argue, loss are. Yeah, I mean, I would probably just based on kind of what we know um, – you know, if you had to rank order this, you know, obviously the defending champs, North Central is number one. Co, I'm sorry, Central uh, would be number two with a with a with a eight and zero overall record. And then I would, you could argue that Wheaton could be number three, even ahead of an undefeated Lake Forest, just based on their historical strength. And and even I would say you could place Aurora perhaps above um, the NWC leaders right now just based on who they played that narrow loss to st john's who's going to have a very strong ranking you know lake Forest strength of schedule is 146th with a 483 wheaton's mm-hmm. is a 99th uh ranking uh they're number 99 in the rankings i should say with a 512 so i would say that okay. you are accurate with at least subjectivity playing a role here because Wheaton does have a game, a loss against number one in Region 5. We'll call it that. Uh, we will assume North Central is number one, and so they have that loss against them. So, yes, yeah. I agree with you that the rank order here does go something along the lines of North Central, then Central, then Wheaton, then Lake Forest, and then it's a crapshoot from there as to the rest of the four teams. Finally, Region 6, which uh, proves out to be an interesting region when you look at it here. Uh, you have mm. Bethel and St. John's as a representation from the Mayak, and those two teams will likely face off in the Mayak Championship game in Week 11. You have Linfield and yep. Whitworth is making an appearance after all that discussion uh, we've been having uh, at d3football.com about Whitworth's sign, yeah. rankability uh, in a poll slash in these rankings also. Uh, Redlands, mm-hmm. the Skyak uh, representative, because they are leading the Skyak and probably will win it. And three teams from Wisconsin, Lacrosse, Oshkosh, and Whitewater. And much like the OAC reading we got from these rankings, you can see that the most favored child uh, conference inside Region 6 is the WIAC because a two-loss Oshkosh yeah. team at only 4-2 and two in division is getting enough love to be one of the eight teams in the Region 6 rankings. How do you rank this one if you had to right now? Oh, boy. Um, probably Whitewater, number one. Uh, Lacrosse, number two. St. John's, three. Linfield, four, which sounds kind of hard to believe, especially how good of a team Linfield is. Um, and then 
maybe, uh, you know, Bethel and Redlands and something like that. I mean, the pro- part of the problem with Region 6 is just too loaded. <laughs> you know, there's a lot. So you know, here's the interesting the, thing. I, think it's got, I, I, yeah. I will cut you off for one second. The strength of schedule works out like this. St. John's has the sixth best strength of schedule nationally at 6'11". They might be a number one seed. I keep t- That's what White I said Water. the last thing, Frank. Hold on. Before you jump to the conclusions here, Whitewater has okay. the number eight ranking at 604 so basically a give or take tie if you really look at it that way so yeah i would tell you that you probably are correct that whitewater would be ranked ahead of st john's based on performance in the 2019 playoffs being the runner-up in the stag bowl because i think it's minutia when you look at a 611 versus a 604 whitewater also Mm -hmm. has the win against oshkosh uh, although yep. St. John's has wins against Aurora ranked yep. and uh, Bethel right. ranked, but them. Whitewater yeah. also has a win against Salisbury. Don't forget ranked, ranked. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, well, I think I think the well, we'll talk about it in our Friday show. We have to make picks on the Whitewater lacrosse game, but I think most people are of the mind that, that the uh, Warhawks are the favorite in that. And, you know, again, they'll still have to play the game, but uh, that win would certainly bump them up with yet another uh, big win. What's interesting is that Oshkosh gets ranked without Huntingdon being ranked. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah. Because guess... they played each other in week one. Yeah. Yep. And it was a good game too. It wasn't like it, it was, was very a, close. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, going back to Whitworth, Frank, 67th um, overall in the strength of schedule. So, you know, I think that Fair. Carnegie Mellon game that they that they had um, in week one is, is, is boosting them up. And if Carnegie Mellon can get ranked by the end of this, it will really boost them up into some discussion for Pool C. Let's go conference by conference, yeah. look at who needs Pool C help and who uh, is basically walking into the playoffs uh, possibly this weekend. Uh, first in Region 1, uh, the tiebreaker analysis is uh, in this uh, four-way tie that's going to probably end up being a three-way tie somehow here. Uh, the Endicott yeah. has a strength of schedule advantage, but that could change, don't forget. So we're not going to guarantee mm-hmm. anything here, but for now, CCC, it goes to strength of schedule if we have a three-way unbreakable tie at one loss each. The ECFC... Uh, has four teams locked right now. Uh, let's see if I can name them off the top of my head. Uh, Anna Maria is one. Yep. Uh, Castleton is Castleton. two. Gallaudet is three. And yep. is Dean four? Nope. SUNY Maritime, I believe. Maritime is four. Has. Okay. No, wait. No, sorry. My bad. I think it's actually Alfred State. Um, who oh, is yeah. The that's fourth. a good point. Yep. Well, Alfred State is number my four. Bad. My bad. Sorry, so, <laughs> we uh, we were uh, uh, basically uh, going back and forth here uh, on uh, what the tiebreaker was, and I lost my notes on this, so I'm just going to go straight to it here. Uh, tiebreaker for the ECFC Thanks is to our uh, our friend Katie, uh, the commissioner of um, of the ECFC, Katie Bolvich, uh, actually, and. Um, she sent it us will the, drop to the overall meeting. winning percentage for all games against NCAA yep. 
Division Three opponents. Uh, that's where it would fall to because all other things would be unbreakable ties still. And if I jump over to the ECFC real quick, let's take a look at the overall record mm-hmm. to see who's got a slight edge there as of right now at least. If we end up with that tie, Gallaudet <laughs> would have the best record ultimately. Now, mm. okay. what's what's left to be played there uh, between these teams? A uh, little bit of round robin left. Castle, one of Castleton and Alfred State and one of Gallaudet Anna Maria will be eliminated. Yep. And so let's see. With Gallaudet Castleton also next week, the chances that a three-way tie remains are low, I'll be honest with you, because right. there's enough carnage yeah. that should be going on here that somebody should be left at one loss or two teams would be mm-hmm. left at one loss, and those are breakable ties. I don't think you yeah. after this weekend you'll only have two teams tied. That's a guarantee because of what's left here with the round robin. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Um, Mac, it's it's Del Val. They could clinch this weekend, I believe, uh, and Framingham State mm-hmm. uh, could clinch as well this That's weekend right. with wins. Uh, New Mac, Springfield, Merchant Marine, and Catholic. Now, don't forget here that Springfield and Catholic still play. Springfield also has right. MIT. Now, if somehow Springfield dropped mm-hmm. two and Merchant Marine beat Coast Guard, they would win the New Mac. If okay. uh, you know, if Merchant Marine dropped the game against Coast Guard and Springfield and Catholic had a tie, uh, they play each other, don't forget. So it would be the winner of that game. Yeah, and yeah, assuming yeah. it was a tie, yeah. it would most likely be, uh, you know, Spring or Catholic uh, beating Springfield and going. And Springfield mm-hmm. is the only one without a loss on the road between these teams. It would remain only the only one without a loss between these teams on the road. And that is the tiebreaker in the new Mac. After looking at it about 15 different times, <laughs> the new Mac's tiebreaker that matters is road record among tied teams and their record for conference teams. So obviously their only loss would be against one of these teams. Their loss would be at home versus Catholic to force a three-way tie. So Springfield, yeah. USMMA, and Catholic all could still win the new Mac. So who do you root for? Springfield, root for yourself, basically. But if you drop one along yeah. the way, you're going to have to root for Merchant Marine uh, to, to essentially, win. yeah, well, no, to win. The Secretary's to, Cup. You need, oh, to secure, you, you need to win the Secretary's Cup to force the three-way tie because, remember, if Springfield loses to Catholic, yeah. they can still win the new Mac if Merchant Marine forces the three-way tie. Um, okay, gotcha. So... Catholic, what do you have to root for? Uh, yourself, uh, obviously, and also for Coast Guard. Uh, that's the one that needs to root for Coast Guard in the uh, Secretary's Cup game. So, Merchant Marine, who do you need to root for? Well, you need to root for basically MIT would help uh, matters immensely. Yeah. And yep. then Catholic after that. So, very tough for Merchant Marine to get in. I believe I can say with some level of positivity that if MIT were to lose to uh, Springfield, Springfield wins, that race mm-hmm. for M- Merchant Marine is over. I don't see them getting into the playoffs based on the tiebreakers available at that point. So again, Merchant Marine needs MIT to beat Springfield this weekend and then Catholic to beat yeah. Springfield in week 11. Not impossible. And then Merchant Marine needs to beat Coast Guard in Week 11 in the Secretary's Cup game. 
How's that for convoluted? Wow. Region 2. Uh, in the uh, Centennial Conference, we won't have an issue here because Susquehanna still plays Muhlenberg. So the likelihood is that yeah, we will not weekend. have a three-way tie. And then if Susquehanna wins, then Johns Hopkins would have the lead. If Muhlenberg wins, then Muhlenberg has the lead because they beat Hopkins earlier in the season. Um, yep. Cortland in the Empire 8 has clinched. In the Liberty League, Union has the lead, but it's still far from over. Is Ithaca plays Sooner. Union this weekend, and then Union and RPI tussle in Week 11. Here's what we know. There will not be a three-way tie. And there will not be any two-loss necessity here. It will be a team that's either undefeated or with one loss winning the Liberty League. Who will it be? Yep. We don't know. If Ithaca loses this week, it comes down to Union, RPI, and the Dutchman Shoes game in Week 11. If Ithaca wins this (laughs) weekend, then uh, essentially uh, if RPI were to – if Union were to beat RPI – then Ithaca would win the conference. And huh. let, is, there is technically, I, let's see here if I'm doing this correctly. If Ithaca beats Union, yeah. you can see we've really thought this out about 18 ways uh, and it still can't get it right. <laughs> if Union beats Ithaca, it's, it's to the Dutchman Shoes game. If Ithaca beats Union... Yeah. I believe that Union is eliminated because no matter what happens in the Dutchman Shoes game, if they beat RPI, Ithaca wins the tiebreaker head-to-head. If they lose yeah. to RPI, then RPI obviously and Ithaca are in a tiebreaker of one loss. So Union would be eliminated with a loss versus Ithaca from the Liberty League. Interesting. Well, that just made the stakes of that game this weekend go up a lot. <laughs> Somebody, if you if you disagree with us, tweet at us right now if you're watching a live show. But we we believe yeah. that is accurate here because, again, Union versus Ithaca. If Ithaca were to beat Union and put them at one loss and Union beats RPI, the tiebreaker is a loss against Ithaca. And if they win, or if they lose, rather, to RPI in Week 11, well, they'll have two losses. They won't even be in a tiebreaker situation. Yeah. And Ithaca that's plays right. Cortland in week 11, so it's not a conference game. So that's that. Ithaca Union is an elimination game for Union. They could be eliminated Yeah. after, after having the best record to start in the conference. Go figure that one out for a second. In the end, Jack, yeah, Salisbury no, it's, to it's clinch. A, it's a, Go ahead. Well, it's, it's, a, it's an elimination game for Ithaca, too, because I think if you're eight, you know, if you have two losses, you're not going to get on the board in this situation. True. And even if you beat Cortland, I guess, and finish eight and two, you're, the chances are pretty slim. Um, you know, if you pop the pop the board back up, you were mentioning, you know, Cortland has effectively clinched um, the Empire eight. And, you know, it seems like we have Salisbury pretty much as a lock in, in the end, Jack. I know I think they, they can clinch this weekend as well. We'll get to the pack in a minute, um, which is another th- three-way situation. But to me, Frank, really the only other team that I could possibly see getting a, a serious pool C look might be Johns Hopkins. If they can finish the season with just one loss, they'll, they'll be on the board. But basically if you're a Hopkins fan, you want Muhlenberg to, uh, to, to, um, well, I guess if you're a Hopkins fan, you might want Susquehanna to beat Muhlenberg, actually. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, 
Yeah. And if you're a Susquehanna um, fan, well, you know, want your team to win. So, yeah, of course. Uh, the pack, <laughs> let, let's go to the pack at this point after uh, kind of going back there. Um, the game against Washington, Jefferson, Carnegie Mellon is one of the biggest games in the country for the reasons we've listed already. First off, it decides the pack more or less, depending on if Westminster is able to get through St. Vincent and Geneva. And W&J mm-hmm. has uh, Waynesburg, which should be an easy win in week 11. Uh, so yeah. this yeah. game decides, for all intents and purposes, just where we stand in the pack race. And if Carnegie Mellon were to win, they would get ranked, I believe, next week. And Whitworth yeah. would probably get some booing in the Pool C race out west. So you want yes, to talk about would. a game that's got effects across the country. That is it. Washington and Jefferson at Carnegie Mellon. If W&J wins, then it's Westminster with the lead, assuming they win out. If Carnegie Mellon wins, they lead the conference. And have a, who do they have at the end? Case Western Reserve in Week 11. So Westminster's yeah. hopes wouldn't be completely dashed if Carnegie Mellon were to win. Because Case no. Western Reserve is no pushover. Every year, that game in Week 11 goes down to the wire, no matter who these teams are in terms of Carnegie Mellon and Case Western Reserve. That's just one of the classic yeah. pack rivalry games every year. So, fasten your seatbelts. The pack is going to get whack, to say the least. <laughs> Back to that page real quick. You can see that uh, representation right there. Let's move over to Region 3 and 4 at this point in the ASC. Uh, Mary Harden Baylor, uh, they basically need to win one of their last two games to clinch the ASC since Howard Payne now has two losses. So even if Howard Payne beat them, it wouldn't be over uh, against Mary Harden Baylor. They would still technically have the lead. Uh, in the ODAC, Washington Lee has beaten both teams with one loss. They'd have to lose twice to lose the ODAC at this point. That's probably not going to happen, but we'll see. In the SAA, Birmingham Southern versus Trinity decides the conference for all intents and purposes here this weekend. In the USAC, the USA South, Huntingdon has a large enough lead here where if they win one out of two, they win the conference. In the Heartland, you have a little bit of a uh, merry-go-round forming there. Rose Holman, Mount St. Joseph, and Hanover. Uh, we were talking about this earlier. Where did we land on it? Uh, d- is that a solvable tie ultimately, or did we, uh, did we suggest we might need a tiebreaker ultimately? I think that was one where we did view it as a solvable tie just based on, I think, who is, has played who so far. Um, because I think at this point, uh, Rose Holman has a win over Hanover and Mount St. Joseph still Mount plays Saint both Joe's Hanover. The- MSJ still plays Hanover and RHIT, I said. And so you okay. you can't have a three-way tie because Mount St. Joseph yeah. has both of those games left. So Mount St. Joseph probably is the one team that controls their own destiny aside from Rose Holman in the lead right now. Hanover needs mm-hmm. help in this conference, yep. uh, and uh, I, I, I believe they need a lot of help ultimately because they've lost to Rose Holman already, if, if I remember correctly. Yep, that's right. So, so they need r- a kind lot of, of help. same thing in the kind of the same deal in the MIA um, because you know you had you know Trine 
has uh, just lost to Albion. So that I think that for all intents and purposes, I mean, they're three and one um, and they play hope in week 11, but you know, geez, I think, I think Albion, let's see, they, who do they have yeah, left? They, they, uh, they're, they're play, right? they have to play hope. They have to play. They have to play hope this weekend. So that's a that's another big. Um, that's going to eliminate the chance of a three way tie. I should say. Uh, and Trine plays um, hope as well. Albion and Trine both play hope, and so that will eliminate yeah. the three way tie possibility for the MIAA. Good point there. So mm-hmm. we won't know for sure what's going on until week eleven, most likely for these teams, unless. Uh, now, even if Hope wins, uh, unless Trine loses too, uh, this yeah, weekend. we'll be keeping an eye. You know, part of our part of our Blitzer coverage. It's a, it's a one o'clock game, so we'll have our eyes in on the Britons um, against Hope and and see what's going on there. Because if Hope wins, uh, the, another Dutchman team, Frank, the Flying Dutchman of of Hope, um, that would put them in a better position. But it's still. It's still kind of up in the air with that with that conference, and also we'll we'll pay attention to that trying game too because technically, if they were to lose to Alma, uh, which probably shouldn't yeah. happen, a hope could clinch technically if uh, they win and try and loses as well on week ten. Yep. Uh, DePaul, for all intents and purposes, in control of their own destiny and strongly so. Uh, we need have to lose twice, I believe, uh, to lose that in mm-hmm. the OAC. Mount Union, same situation. Uh, I might as well crown them now. It's a question of. Will Baldwin Wallace get through as a good pool C option? Ultimately, let's go to uh, Region Five, the ARC uh, Central, basically uh, virtually locked in right now in that conference. Yep. Win this weekend, or some losses would uh, get them there. Uh, in the CCIW, mm-hmm. North Central, I believe, can clinch this weekend as well. Uh, Wheaton, yep. obviously, actually, North Central plays Washington University in Week Eleven, don't they? Or is it week ten? It's uh, a good question. I think they, I think they play them. Let's see, Region Five. It beat you to it. I think it's North Central yeah, versus WashU in week ten. So it's this weekend. So if North okay. Central wins, that does yep. uh, give them the title. And Wheaton, obviously, sitting there saying, "What are our Pool C hopes? Uh, they're good, but not great." Uh, I, I, I could mm-hmm. see teams going in before Wheaton, and so I wouldn't guarantee them that yeah. they get picked early off the board, but I think they'll get picked nonetheless. 5-12 strength of schedule won't help, but you know they, they could end up being like the the NCC of 2019, the, the quote-unquote last team off the board, and um, you know, we'll see where they end up. Lake Forest needs to win out. They still have their game against Chicago in Week 11, and from our research... The Midwest Conference has a very convoluted tiebreaker, something along the lines of quarters led again among the teams that are tied. What? Yes. Now, here's the problem. Huh. Uh, let, let's back out to us for a second. I want to see your reaction to this. I want to tell you about this. Quarters led between tied teams. Guess what? Or uh, I, I, In the conference. Um, um, so you're going to match up the number of quarters led by each team inside conference games is the way I read into it, Okay. So, mm-hmm. guess what happened to Lake Forest earlier in the season? Mm, they came from behind a bunch of times to win? No, that wasn't that. They, they've, they've had a pretty good track <laughs> record this season. Uh, more like, I'm trying to get back to what week it was in the Midwest Conference. Um, 
it was an early season game, and let's see, Lake they Forest. They had a lot of. I mean, they they had some pretty lopsided wins. I mean, they beat Lawrence fifty-two to twenty-six. They beat Knox forty-one to ten. So in Lake Forest versus Cornell, uh, the game stopped showing in the box score in the third quarter because I believe it was a weather-related forfeit that occurred that they concluded as a regulation game with the score being posted at 17 to 0 but not all quarters were played oh yeah look at the box score there's no fourth quarter holy crap (laughs) so the conference is considering that to be only the quarters that got played from what i understand right now I, i don't know if that's where they're going to fall on this uh, we've been asking around, and that's the thought right now that they're going to tell Lake Forest. They may that not even have played the third quarter according I don't to think the, they did. the box score. There's no, there's no plays at all. It ended at halftime, so huh. they're going to tell Lake Forest that because of something that was done out of safety, they get screwed in the tiebreaker possibly when it's uh, versus Chicago and Monmouth if it lands there. So this is why Lake Forest needs to win their games, or their remaining games yeah. coming up here, because there is a very convoluted possibility coming up in a tiebreaker situation, and you don't want to be a part of that type of tiebreaker or that kind of controversy. Ask our good friends in down Chicago, in the USA South how that goes. Oh, yeah, and Chicago is getting an extra boost because they beat Washington and you. Uh, Washington U in the first week of this regular season, so that's a that's a uh, quality win against a regionally ranked opponent for them. Um, anyway, interesting. Well, I don't. Well, was, yeah, was WashU on the on the board? I think they uh, were. WashU is not on the board. I don't believe. No, no, not on the board. Yeah, but it they're they could be next week. They could be next week. Yeah, you can hear the the firemen are getting excited over there about this uh, fire whistle going off outside. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll continue. Uh, it's live for a reason here. And uh, okay. we'll uh, put our board back up here. Aurora versus Lakeland. Aurora needs to beat Lakeland because uh, their tiebreaker, if we end up with three-way tiebreaker, is point differential with a max of cap oh, of 21 points per game among the tied teams. So it is possible they could still remain tied with that. And guess what the next tiebreaker after that is? Uh, guys on the team with blue eyes? I don't know. <laughs> Might as well be. Coin toss. Yeah. Oh, God. No, the dreaded coin toss. Uh, you, you couldn't create another tie after the point differential uh, scenario? Really, guys? Come on. Yeah. Come on, man. Uh, Region 6 in the MIAC uh, will have a championship game. That'll decide itself eventually. Northwest Conference. Uh, Linfield is one game away from clinching because they've beaten Whitworth already. Skyac Redlands is one game away from clinching because they beat Chapman already. Uh, Wyack. It's going to come down to the battle between Whitewater and Lacrosse this weekend. Is that? Yes. And in the UMAC, Greenville versus Minnesota Morris. There is a possibility for a three-way tie there, but Greenville. Well, if there's a possibility for a three-way tie, here here's another little uh, quirk. Martin Luther's game against Finlandia got canceled, most likely due to COVID, and so yeah. they could have four and one, and these two teams could be at five and one in the conference. And who knows what the conference is uh, going to do with that? Yeah, hopefully it won't come to that. But I mean, it's funny that Greenville didn't even make the um, the regional rankings because there's so many strong teams in this region. Um, but 
Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How conferences need to sort of take a look at themselves. Uh, we're going to the key uh, pool C races here. Uh, I blanked out. I, I did some editing here, JB. So uh, kind of uh, go with me here. Okay. Blanked out region one because technically you can't say anybody is out right now. But, um, but. You know, if Salve Regina were to run the table and still not make the playoffs, which is possible, then yeah. Salve Regina could be at least on the board for the entire time. And again, if they can keep yeah. their strength of schedule numbers somewhere in a high position, ultimately, above 510, above 520, at least they'd be in the discussion if some carnage occurs. We, we keep it blank for now. In the uh, Centennial uh, Conference in Region 2, the runner-up, as long as they have one loss, would likely be in the discussion. The mm -hmm. Liberty League, Ithaca... Well, any runner-up with one loss will be in the discussion, but we think that Ithaca has the better resume of the grouping because Union strength of schedule is lagging still, as we said, in RPIs is as well. Mm -hmm. And in the pack, uh, you believe that WJ is the only team that would really show anything in terms of the uh, resume to be chosen, but if Westminster were the team that were sitting there, it is technically possible that uh, they would get a look because one of their losses was against Mount Union. Mount Union. But they're yeah. not being ranked currently, so it shows you that there's not much respect for them at this present time. We'll see where it goes. Nope. Region 3, Hard simmons probably uh, being looked at very highly right now because of a lack of teams uh, with one loss out there that are quality one-loss runners-up. Uh, SAA runner-up, you've got to look at as well, though, in Birmingham Southern and Trinity. Mm -hmm. But I believe that Harden-Simmons will have to come off the board first before that lost team would get a look. You've got a blocker in Harden-Simmons. you got to hope that they get picked early so that you're on the board for yeah. enough rounds there. In the OAC, Baldwin-Wallace seems to be the only team that's going to have a real consideration if they go 9-1 and one for now. In Region 5, Wheaton, same thing. Region 6, we believe that the runner-up of, uh, I should read, uh, UWW, sorry, uh, Wisconsin Whitewater versus um, right. Lacrosse. Apologize for that mistake there. Uh, the, that runner-up will most likely be uh, the de facto number one Pool C team from Region 6 and should be chosen uh, in the Northwest Conference, though. Again, they need to hope that whoever that team is that we just talked about gets picked quickly so they get an opportunity on the board for a while because they may have a resume that's worthy of at least some real consideration too. So Whitworth may be blocked yep. like the SAA runner-up for a little while. Region 2 has the possibility to have the most depth but possibly the least chance, believe it or not, for an yeah. early selection because you've got some very good teams but I would say to you, you don't have what I you would call that resume buster unless it's Ithaca sitting there at nine and one with a win against Cortland and a win against Union ultimately. Yeah, and that's why I think like you said earlier that W and J Carnegie Mellon game has some really huge national prominence. Um, you know, John Carroll Eidelberg as well, uh, because you know the, the outcome of those two games are gonna affect at least one of the uh, pool C picks ultimately when it's all said and done. So, you know, right now we've, I feel pretty comfortable saying that 
The WIAC runner-up is going to get one. The ASC runner-up is going to get one. The CCIW runner-up is going to get one. And if Baldwin-Wallace is 9-1 and one in the runner-up, the OAC, you saw how many OAC teams were in the region rankings. They're going to get one, too. That's four out of five. And if it's going to 9-1 over there, you know, in a Pool C team, I don't see a better team resume-wise uh, than Ithaca, ultimately, because of the wins against regionally ranked opponents that they would have unless, if they were to go 9-1. and one. Unless it's a 9-1 and one Birmingham Southern team. Um, they might, you know, with a win over Huntington, and the, I don't know, we'll, we'd have to see. It, it really, you'd have to have two teams or that Texas you beat Trinity. that are regionally ranked, and if Ithaca were yeah. to beat Union and Cortland and still lose the conference. I mean, in your last two weeks, you beat two undefeated teams at that time. It's going to help you. Yeah, that would punch first off. It would absolutely, absolutely punch yeah. If it would probably be yeah. the first pool C chosen, if that were the case, to be honest with you. It would yeah, be the best resume of anybody out there, I believe, for a pool C mm-hmm. contender. So, again, and how that happens is Ithaca wins against Union, and then RPI beats Union in Week 11. RPI wins the tiebreaker in the Liberty League. Ithaca is sitting there, and if they've won in Cortland, sitting there at 9-1 overall and needing help in Pool C, but not too much help because we think they're a shoo-in if that's the case. Yeah. So that's uh, what we have for you later on tonight, later on tonight because we're going to let this one ride for a few hours since it's a little bit longer than we expected. We'll uh, put out our Crunch Time show. So uh, it's, you know, stay tuned for that. But uh, if you have any questions or thoughts, you know where to find us on Twitter. We'll answer them uh, as we can. But uh, this should give you an idea of what to root for Weeks 10 and 11 and what games we're going to be watching in our Blitzer show on Saturday afternoon, starting at noon Eastern time here on In the Huddle. Uh, we'll uh, definitely be interested to see how the CCC race is looking, uh, that MASCAC yep. race between Bridgewater State and Framingham State. I believe that is a kickoff during our uh, window, uh, I think mm-hmm. 1 o'clock. Um, then uh, the Liberty League race, uh, both St. Lawrence RPI and Union Ithaca, because St. Lawrence could play spoiler. We all know what George Marinopoulos' condition is. After that knee injury, yeah, and watch crunch time if you missed that because we'll go over that a little bit. And uh, the, the pack race is going to have some real noise to it this weekend too, uh, and a, yep. a bunch of other conferences throughout the country. Uh, Centennial Conference, the Susquehanna Muhlenberg game. We're going to watch that one for sure. So huge game. We we've yeah. got probably if I had to say about twelve games to thirteen games that are must-watch games, and that's why you're going to rely on us to sort of follow them, show you the best of the video moments for them, and uh, then recap them as the day goes on. That's what the Blitzer Show is on Saturday. We'll see you later on today on Crunch Time, pre-recorded, and then on Friday for our preview show. Not much more previewing than we have to do, except for predictions. Maybe we just drop a a prediction show at this point, JB, Uh, but uh, we'll... uh, We'll have a short show on Friday, no less. Thanks, folks.